0: This is D.T. Fay, a podcast for people who like their coffee icy and their books spicy.
1: Hosted by Elle and Kate. We are back, y'all. We did it. We made it to House of Flame and Shadow.
0: And we are so excited to start our deep dive into one of, if not the most anticipated books, maybe of my entire life.
1: After Harry Potter, of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs>
0: I mean, I love the excitement surrounding the release. It reminded me of Harry Potter Midnight releases, or maybe even Twilight, because you
1: know we went to those. Uh, definitely Harry Potter. <laughs> A you didn't lot go to the Twilight them. ones? Um, I think I went to one or two of those, but I was in really deep for Harry Potter more than Twilight, well, I think. Well,
0: I, I know the last Harry Potter movie, we dressed up. Do you remember that? Yeah, that was fun. I can't remember who you, I dressed as <laughs> Dobby... <laughs>
1: And a pink dress as yeah. Dolores Umbridge—that's all I had available.
0: Well, it's like we all grew up, but and we have like real jobs and we're adults. But that part of us that still gets excited is—it's like still in there.
1: It was also summer, so I didn't want to put on like a robe and like just be really hot. Are you still
0: talking about your your dress? You know what? I should find that picture.
1: I'm just talking about my character choice to watch the movie. Well, I had
0: to go to Kinko's and print out a Dobby mask. Kinko. Do you remember that? And then I had to like poke holes in it
1: and had put the to. string
0: around. And then I just had to wear that all night. And we for some reason brought four loco. And we were drinking four loco. I was wearing a Dobby mask, and I it forgot was midnight. It felt like a fever dream. It's
1: because of who we were with. That's that was their choice for sure. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> I know a lot of people look down their noses at romance, especially fantasy romance. But what other genre is getting people this excited and passionate about reading?
0: Like, can you imagine a John Grisham midnight release party? How no. lame that would be! Ugh. <laughs> I read an article on BuzzFeed about book talk, and it made a really good point. It was about the invalidation of women's interest and how that's nothing new. Mm-hmm. When people criticize Akitar or Fourth Wing, I'm like, okay, well. Don't don't read them. Yeah. Like it's that easy. You don't have to read them. Like why why take the time to be shitty about something that other people are enjoying so much? Even Fourth Wing, which we've criticized as not being like the best writing or the best world building. It was fun. It was a fun read.
1: Yeah, it's still fun to get invested in it. Yeah. I don't it, need you to judge me for that.
0: And we we had to wait. I, I'm not even gonna complain about not being one of the hashtag blessed who found early copies. I don't know how many Krogers <laughs> And Walmarts I went to because I kept seeing people posting on social media being like, yeah, I was just walking around my local Kroger or whatever, you know, Harris Teeter. I can't remember what the other one was, but they were all over the place. I was seeing pictures, people saying that, you know, they just stumbled across it. And I was seeking them out. And I kept (laughs) going places and I'd be like, do you have this? And I went to a couple of targets and they were like, yeah, we have it. And then they'd go to the back and they'd be like, actually, we can't like it's not priced yet. So we had to start reading it like. 12.01 a.m. on January 30th, like the Lord intended.
1: (laughs) Our House of Flame and Shadow coverage won't be as structured, just because we aren't totally sure how many chapters we'll be able to outline each week, but we're shooting for at least five chapters every week.
0: And we're going to stick with our Tuesday morning release schedule, too. So every Tuesday, you'll be getting like at least five chapters
1: of House of Flame and Shadow. And if you're ahead of us, which is totally understandable, I've actually read ahead, I hope you'll still join us on this journey cuz it's so fun to like break it down and discuss everything.
0: Yeah, you're ahead of me. You're very ahead of me.
1: I was going to try to pace myself and I've had a busy week, but once I started in yesterday, I I couldn't stop.
0: Yeah, and like with Earth and Blood and Sky and Breath, we won't be talking about chapters beyond the ones we're covering so we don't spoil anyone else's journey because who knows at what point someone is going to start this, you know, like a year from now. And they haven't read any of it. So we don't, you know, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. But if you inhaled the book like Sleeve of Oreos, <laughs> it'll be nice to kind of go back through and take a deeper look. Like sometimes when you read stuff at 4 a.m., you're gonna miss some of the details or
1: well, if it's your first time through, you're so interested to like see what's coming next, like what's gonna happen. Yeah. So like, yeah, now you have a chance to kind of leisurely go back and discuss what we've seen so far
0: well especially you because you kind of uh (laughs) skipped certain people's POVs
1: (laughs) I did my own version of a tandem read and I'm not sorry because I got to find out what was happening I didn't you know because Sarah released the um prologue in the first chapter early and I read them and I was like oh god Mm -hmm. I need to know yeah so as soon as the book was out I didn't have time to just like dive in because I had family in town and it's been busy and so I was like let me just see what happened to Bryce real quick and so I kind of (laughs) Skipped ahead through the book, watching Bryce's journey, and now I've gone back to, like, reread and be on the same page with everybody.
0: Well, I mean, and it skipped around a lot.
1: Yeah, that was really Within the same chapter, you
0: would get three POVs,
1: and... Well, we she didn't make it very clear. It was just, like, the next paragraph is suddenly somebody else. Like, there weren't any, like, little asterisks or, like, anything to break up the pages. Like, hey, we're switching. It was even more cutaways than she's done before, which... It I didn't love yeah. like, hanging on the edge of your seat, but that's cool. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. We're very excited to have you.
0: Yeah, I guess we should introduce ourselves if this is your first time listening. Uh, I'm Kate.
1: And I'm Elle.
0: And we are two BFFs from Nashville, and we love reading and we love talking all things fantasy romance. We have read damn near every series in this genre from the good... To the bad, to the reverse harem. All the smut. (laughs) (laughs) And we like to start episodes with book recommendations before diving into a chapter by chapter conversation. It kind of sounds like we're flexing when we're like, oh, we've read all of these books. Like, we're not like other girls, we're worse.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, well, once you start some of these series, you can't put them down. And Mm -hmm. then you're like, okay, I need another one like that. So. Reading is like my favorite, favorite hobby. I spend way too much time invested in these. So we'll be covering the House of Flame and Shadow prologue in chapters one through four today.
0: And then if my coworkers actually pull their weight each week, (laughs) 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 next week we'll be covering five through 10. And after House of Flame and Shadow, uh, we plan on tackling one of our favorite series of all time, Throne of Glass. Uh,
1: Also very excited for that.
0: So without further ado, let's share this week's book recs. And if you're wondering about past book recommendations, which included reviews of series by JLA, Carissa Broadbent, and KF Breen, who we love, you can find those in seasons one and two um, on Instagram and on our Goodreads page. One of my resolutions was to keep the Instagram updated. I'm I'm getting better about posting like daily on Instagram, especially like funny little memes and videos. But I'm going to do a better job of making sure our book recommendations also end up there
1: it's a lot to maintain and keep up with especially because we mentioned so many things like on the side and Mm -hmm. we're like oops need to make sure we put that in there
0: i know we had so many solid book recommendations too so i want to make like a master list for people who like maybe you just start listening from house of flame and shadow on
1: yeah it's uh, actually it's really funny you mentioned kf breen because she's my recommendation today (laughs) of course i've got another one kf breen for those who aren't familiar with what we've recommended one of my favorite series from her is the Demon Days Vampire Nights. I love it. I've actually been re-listening to the Audible on my drive to work. I just, oh, they're so much fun. Mm-hmm. So this series that I'm going to recommend today is called The Warrior Chronicles. Okay. And the first book is called Chosen.
0: And I, Of just, course, of course someone's chosen.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's a fun, strong female character with power. I'm not sorry. And I just, I love reading K.F. Breen because her character's, they're funny, and she does a lot to develop them, and the worlds are usually really interesting as well. Um, her smut and spice varies, though. It's interesting because some of the books in like one series, you'll have some like really dirty scenes, and then the next book, you have something that's a little bit more cutaway, and then it mm-hmm. goes back to dirty again. It's like every time her characters have sex for the first time, it's not as detailed, and yeah. then it's raunchy. I'm like, okay, okay, whatever. So this one is spicy. This one is... Not as much. Oh. I know. That's the thing. So like, it's a really interesting story. And the first time they have sex, I was like, you guys have been doing dirty things on the side and this is, this is it. But then as she goes, they have dirtier sex later. Okay. So like, it's, it's, I know we would wish for more, but it is really good still. Okay. Um, this series is set in a world without technology, but there is magic. And there's basically like war kind of coming to everywhere, but it's hitting different towns at different times. So our main character lives in a village that's hit first. Mm -hmm. And the very first chapter is basically a prologue where you see this five year old girl use magic with her mind to destroy this violent raiding party. And then like the next chapter, it's been like, I don't know, 20 years. And so this same girl, her name is Shanty, she is now traveling I know it's interesting. (laughs) She's now traveling across the country in search of aid because she is the chosen one based on prophecy that will help basically save her people and reunite everybody. And then she comes across what should be a forest, not knowing that somebody had burned it to the ground. So she now doesn't have supplies and she gets dehydrated and passes out. Okay. I know you're like, wow, good plan. And then a small scouting party from a local town It's like a bunch of young boys that are still in training. They come across her and they're like, oh, my God, is that a girl? And then somebody, (laughs) like, they have to take her clothes off to see where she's wounded. And the guys are, like, all passing out. They're like, oh, my God, are those boobs? (laughs) It's not funny, but it's hilarious. Um, Anyway, so they take her back to their town to try to, like, resuscitate her, revive her. And once she's awake, the captain, they don't really have, like, a president or a governor or a king. They call him captain, which is interesting. Yeah, that's different. But she won't share any information with him she's like i just need to be on my way and he's like uh there's something different going on here and there's no reason you should be out there alone Mm -hmm. and so since she won't share information and she needs to recover she's kind of hanging out in their town for a little bit but the war is following her and the town doesn't quite believe what she's saying is coming their way so when the war reaches up or catches up with her it all kind of like implodes and she has to kind of reveal who she is show her power and like now they all have to kind of work together to defeat this foe. And of course, the captain is very sexy.
0: That's like, I don't know why, but my mind started picturing Mulan when she was in the camp. <laughs> Let's get with down her. to business. Yeah. yeah.
1: But yeah, there's plenty of sexual tension and there's, mm-hmm. you know, things she can do with her mind to like mess with him sexually. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, okay. What are you doing? You know, I mean, it's, it's like
0: an interesting magic. system. Yeah.
1: It's and not everybody has it. And I don't quite know how to explain it other than um, it's sometimes they're empaths. Sometimes she can like go into somebody else's mind. You know, it's it's interesting. You have to keep reading because I don't there's not a great way to describe some of it. Okay, I guess I'll have to read it. I know it's really good story, though. And their banter is funny.
0: I went with another Scarlet St. Clair series this week. I previously recommended her Adrian and old series. The first book in that one is called King of Battle and Blood, and it's a great spicy vampire read. This time, I'm recommending her Hades and Persephone series. One, because the third book comes out March 12th, so it's the perfect time to read the first two. And two, because there are some interesting Hades and Persephone parallels to SJM books. We've kind of talked about that before. But yeah, I definitely, especially with Elaine, I get Persephone vibes. Like I would love for Uh, her to get dragged to hell. (laughs) Maybe by like Az, who's a prince of hell or something. Make her interesting. It's a modern day urban fantasy spin on the classic tale where the gods live amongst the mortals. They even own businesses. The first book, A Touch of Chaos, introduces readers to Persephone, who has recently moved to New Athens, away from her controlling mother, to become a journalism student on the condition that she stays away from the other gods. She, of course, does not stay away from the other gods, (laughs) especially (laughs) Hades, who runs a gambling empire and club where he strikes deals with gods and mortals. Persephone, bless her heart, um, she makes one of those deals, and she must create life in the underworld, and you're probably like... Okay. Well, I mean, she's the goddess of spring. But the problem is ever since she was a child, flowers shrivel at her touch. (laughs) Uh, Kinda like me. (laughs) Oh. Okay. The good is that it's spicy, there's lots of good sexual tension, and it's an interesting take on that. We've I mean, we've read how many Hades and Persephone. Oh my gosh, there's so
1: many out there. (laughs) But
0: I I really enjoyed this one. It reminded me of Neon Gods because it was more modern, but they're actual gods. (laughs) So Katie Robert could take notes on that. That Oop. that series really <laughs> bummed me out once I got like 30% in and I kept flipping and I was like, when does the magic start? Well, and I mean, like it it's doesn't. in the
1: title and it's not in there. That's Bleeding.
0: Yeah, that one, the gods, it's like a title. It's like you're, you're like governor, but your title is Zeus, you know, boring. I, it was very boring. I mean, it was spicy, but whatever. I need no one had any power. <laughs> Where's so the fantasy? I was out. It's it's why I can't go back and read regular romance books now. Mm-hmm. I just I can't do it. Someone needs to have. There needs to be like magic and power and mages and vampires and.
1: There just has to be more tension. Yeah, I need, so, I need I need more.
0: Yeah, and I need to really escape. If I wanted to hear about like missing women, I would just watch the news. Yikes. <laughs> I don't. I don't need. To, I want to totally escape into books. So. This one, the world building definitely takes a back seat to the romance, which is nice sometimes, especially if you're reading something like Crescent City. And we've talked about palate cleansers before. Mm -hmm. And you know that we are total sluts for mythology. (laughs) It's a fun, fast paced, steamy read. And Hades is the misunderstood bad boy with the heart of gold, of course. And he definitely gives Reese vibes like he has to slip on his Hades mask. But behind closed doors, he's totally different. Of course. Yeah, I really I I recommend it. I liked it a
1: lot. All right, let's get into the prologue, which Sarah released early, along with the first chapter.
0: It had to be, I guess, because of the leaks. I kept seeing links to what started. It was the, it was like the first chapter is out. The first three chapters have been leaked, and then it ended up being the whole book, but it was in Portuguese.
1: Oh my gosh, though. <laughs> that would be so frustrating <laughs> for her. Which I don't
0: speak. And I wish I could say I was stronger, but I did try opening one of the Google Drives. <laughs> it was like when I used to get on LimeWire and download albums, and it would be... I mean, they, I, I had so many viruses and it was, but there were a couple of Google drives that were shared on Reddit and I don't think I got a virus, but it was very <laughs> not. poorly translated. Like I, I opened it and I was like, oh my God, I have the first three chapters. And it started with the deer knelt before her dead masters. And I was like, Hmm, uh, that's probably,
1: <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: that's probably not it. So then I closed it and I was like, you know what? This is my sign. I'm just going <laughs> to wait. wait. I'm going to have patience.
1: They were definitely trying to translate as quickly as possible, bless their hearts. And they were close. (laughs) The prologue definitely begins with the Hine knelt before her undying masters and (laughs) contemplated how it would feel to tear out their throats. The deer. (laughs) I mean, like, at least that's somewhat the same, but the dead (laughs) masters, that's... The opposite of what it starts with. Yeah, I was
0: like, wait, what?
1: How did you mix that up?
0: I do think it's a significant distinction Sarah makes in introducing her as the hind in that moment. She's in front of the Asteri, so she has, like the Umbra Mortis silly helmet, (laughs) she has, like, her mask that she slips on. But then when we switch to her POV... It's like she's back to being Lydia.
1: Yeah, I can see that.
0: And there's also no time jump, which I really appreciate. We're picking up two days after Bryce has jumped through the gate, trying to get to hell to ask for Apollyon and Adas's help, but then landing in Prithian.
1: And she's leaving behind her mate, Hunt Athalar, brother Rune Dannon and Baxian, Danica's mate, who are now in the dungeons at the mercy of Lydia and Pollux.
0: We learned in House of Sky and Breath that Lydia was Agent Day, the rebel Rune had been communicating with on his mind bridge and he got his mind freak on. Yeah, her. he did. <laughs> it just took until the end of the book for Rune to figure it out. I mean, the rest of us were like, okay, this is definitely Lydia. And he was like, who could this be? Yeah. And then to get I really upset about every, it and throw a tantrum. I can see
1: her entire body, but who could this be? <laughs> <laughs> you've had sex with her and you smelled her and I can't figure it out. Most of the prologue and first chapter are subtle recaps of what happened at the end of Sky and Breath.
0: I think I was most surprised to see Lydia still has the Asteri fooled because they have cameras everywhere and they've known everything. They've been, you know, playing chess while everyone else was playing checkers. So how did they not see her kill the harpy or and she unlocked Bryce's cuffs?
1: It's interesting. The second line of the entire book mentions Lydia's torque, too. Mm
0: hmm. I know I that I highlighted that and it's it seems significant it keeps being pointed out like maybe I don't think it's Dorian situation because we are inside of Lydia's mind in the prologue it's her POV so if it were if that were the case I think she would be like damn I wish I (laughs) weren't being controlled by
1: this necklace well because we did have questions about it before so it's interesting that like maybe Sarah was listening to us and she's like let me guys just let me just explain it to you guys real quick (laughs) Exactly. Here's what it is. And we also learn it's like the silver darts dreadwolves put on their uniforms after killing a rebel. She's just killed so many that they were melted down into one hell of a statement necklace.
0: She calls it a collar with the Asteri holding the leash, but I guess Dorian's wordstone collar is more like Hunt's crown of thorns. Like if we have to draw a parallel. It is weird that it's pointed out like three to four times within just the prologue. Like the Autumn King smirks at it, which he smirks at everything, mm. and Rygelus <laughs> looks at it. It just it keeps coming up, and I guess it's more symbolic. We uh, some of our theories, looking back, were just crazy.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, like, why do they reference it so much if it's not going to be something more important?
0: I thought it was going to be something. I guess it's more symbolic of the hold that they have on her, that it's like her collar.
1: Which I guess is why they haven't figured her out yet, because they're like, please, do you see that, torque? Yeah, She's exactly. Ours. There's also that weird, my fate is tied to Pollock's line and House of Sky and Breath. Or at least now we know it's about Pollux. At the time, we we're like, poor sweet rune, still hadn't put it <laughs> yeah, together. He was like, Does she mean literally
0: this other male bee?" <laughs> We know thanks to Lydia's MindBridge therapy sessions that she hates herself. So maybe she thinks she deserves the treatment with Pollux. I think I've figured out, and you're ahead. Do you know what it is? I think i figured out what they're holding over her head to yes. keep her in line. And it's like, if it's what I'm thinking, it's classic patriarchy. But I'll keep it to myself so that if I'm right, I don't spoil it. And if I'm wrong, I don't sound fucking stupid. I do wonder.
1: We'll have to discuss offline because now okay. I'm curious what you think it is. And it's not who you think also,
0: who is not what I think
1: the person holding things over her.
0: Oh, it's not ridiculous. No. Is it Pollux? No. What? Who is it?
1: <laughs> I can't tell you. You didn't want to know yet.
0: Okay. Don't tell me. Okay. Wait, if I guess it,
1: we can discuss this offline. Okay, I don't
0: even have another guess. <laughs> I
1: don't know. There's there's I couldn't stop reading ahead because I had to know. And there's several reveals that like there's things we did guess at. And then once it's revealed, I'm like, oh, yeah, Okay. <laughs> And yeah,
0: I was, I was a little concerned about being disappointed at parts because some of our <laughs> theories were so elaborate. Um,
1: um, I don't think you'll be disappointed. I think yeah. it's just because we've discussed them so much when things are revealed. It's kind of like, okay, so we discussed that.
0: Yeah. So, so we were right about some things. Yeah, we did oh, good. Good for us. Good <laughs> <laughs> guesses.
1: Lydia and Pollux aren't the only ones in the squeaky clean Crystal Palace throne room. Bryce and Rune's asshole father... Anar, king of the Valbaran Fae, and Cormac's father, Morvin. Isn't that a bad guy's name in another book series?
0: Well, I mean... I feel like... Oh, I
1: think it's in Harry Potter, actually. JK. But
0: also, more doc. <laughs> there's more Doc in this one, and he's bad.
1: Yeah, but Morven... There's a lot of more. I think Morven is similar to the name of um, Voldemort's grandfather. So, oh, okay. <laughs> sorry, that went a whole way. Anyway, Morven, king of the Valan Fae, they're both being questioned by the Asteri,
0: and this is kind of our little meet-cute with Morvan, who also has shadows, which I guess make him and Cormac shadow singers? Maybe. I'm assuming he can winnow, 2 Teleport, whatever you want to call it. We talked at length in our House of Sky and Breath deep dive about the connections between the Avalon Fae and the Night Court.
1: Especially our shadow daddy, Az. As-
0: but if the fae crossed from the Night Court, wouldn't Reese or even more have heard about it? And we'll get to that later. But they don't seem to be aware of any missing fae. There's like a rumor that's talked about, but it's. I wonder if there's like what series have we read where magic is like racist memory and people can't remember certain things or certain people. Do you know what I'm talking about?
1: Yeah, because at some point they can choose to erase what they knew and start over because mm-hmm. their lives are so long.
0: Yeah. Shoot. It's just weird that there's no...
1: Off the top of my head, I can't place it, but I'm sure it'll come to me later.
0: But we'll talk about Prithian when we get there, literally, in the first chapter. All I'll say for now is there's a grou- growing group of people who think that Morvin might be Az's asshole father. I mean, because we don't know Azriel's dad. True. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a stretch, but...
1: <laughs> like I so badly want to like tell you things. Oh, don't tell me. I know. But like I I shouldn't have read ahead but like I couldn't stop myself. So if you're ahead of us or like me, just know that we're going through this as we read it. So we're only talking about what we know in this moment and I'm going to try to not accidentally spoil anything and we can continue with our theories.
0: And I'll ask you a million questions and then say don't tell me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I'll try to give interesting hints that get you excited without okay. just telling you. <laughs> So the fae kings are there to assure the Asteri that they had no knowledge and no part in their sons being decent males.
0: And we meet some of the other Asteri. So there goes my Rigelous being the only Asteri and using the others as puppets theory. So like my bingo, little bingo board that we did is just shot. Well,
1: I mean, it was a good theory because none of them spoke in the other books that we had to see. Yeah. So this time we meet Hesperus, which is the evening star and it, Hesperus has taken on the form of a blonde nymph. She, or I guess it, I'm not sure how they. Yeah, designate. I don't,
0: we don't want to misgender the Asteri.
1: Well, they just said it's a blonde <laughs> nymph. They didn't really clarify if it went for a male or more female look. Mm-hmm. Um, or did they say she at some point? Can't remember now, I'll have to back and check. Remember. But um, Hesperus suggests the decay comes from the royal houses that one must be scorged. Scorged? scourged. scorched, <laughs>
0: scourged, 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 like the scourge of the earth. Scourge. Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. It's very
0: Old Testament, you know. Like <laughs> that's what
1: scourge that house.
0: God, old school God would do. Right, right. Um, but the nymph thing made me think about who is it? Who in Akatar is the nymph? Is that part nymph that from the tithe? Is it Gwen?
1: Uh, there's, well, is it um, Gwen part nymph? Yes. yes. Yeah, sorry. I was thinking of like the tithe and the spring court.
0: Yeah, I don't know why I said tithe. I meant the whatever where Yeah,
1: Tamlin... Gwen is she's part water nymph, I think. And that's why you're thinking she may have come from the spring or the summer court.
0: And this is totally unrelated, but some people think that her dad might be Tamlin. Okay. Because it makes sense if you think about when her mom was impregnated being part of that ceremony, who would have been doing the impregnating, right?
1: It's interesting you mentioned that ceremony. Why? Let's hold on to that for later.
0: Wait, why is it interesting? I don't know. Do they go to it? Do they have a party?
1: No. (laughs) (laughs) I shouldn't have even said anything. Okay,
0: okay. It'll come
1: up like 40 chapters from now.
0: Jesus, I hope I live to see it.
1: You will. You'll get there.
0: The Hind notes that for the first time in decades, she's known him. Morvin holds his tongue. Ooh. Well, her knowing him for decades is, is kind of interesting. I, I forget about her age and Do we how long. You know how old she is? I don't think so, but also how long she's been doing this since yeah. she was like early 20s when she was, I guess, found by Sandriel. I read theories online that Morvin is Lydia's dad. Because someone called him the stag king, but I couldn't find it anywhere. And I don't know if that's just me being stupid. Do you know- want
1: me to explain some of the things I've read as we mentioned these no. things? Okay.
0: Wait, will it spoil me? I know her father is from the Avalon Island,
1: right? Well... Uh, I don't know about but that. But I don't
0: see. I haven't seen he's, anything to suggest that Morven is a shifter, unless I'm just totally. I was just gonna
1: tell you he's not. He's not. Because later, is not a shifter. it's discussed further that like he has no right to be the stag king because it's not part of his magic at all. Well, then
0: where where does it say he's the stag king? Have I not gotten to it yet?
1: Um, no, it's referenced multiple times, and in where? Avalon his his throne is like a massive set of stag antlers. Okay. Like he thinks he's the stag king, but he doesn't have a reason to have that name. Okay. So you're not wrong, and it does seem like it would link to a hind. Yeah, but he's Morvin sucks. Wait, does
0: that mean that Lydia actually could take over the Avalon island? No. Okay.
1: Um, we do hear a little bit more about Lydia's childhood as we read.
0: I I could go for an all Lydia book, all Lydia, all rune all the time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, uh, especially having almost finished this book, Lydia is by far my favorite character. In well, and I'm
0: glad to hear you say that because you were kind of shitty about her. Uh, Before was, you started reading, you you said, and I quote, that she was being a bitch.
1: Uh, well, she was. Uh, mm. When I read that prologue and she's like increasing the torture on Rune, I was like, all right, Petty. Okay. She's just doing her job. Mm. <laughs> mm, I feel like she made it a little harder than mm. it had to be, but okay. <laughs> Not only does Morvan condemn his rebel son, but he says there will be no ships to sail his body to the Summerlands. So I guess he's not going to the Avalon franchise of the Bone Quarter.
0: And that's where we thought souls went to rest until the King spilled the tea and let us know that souls are pushed through the dead gate and they're turned into second light. So I guess he's Morvin is saying that Cormac won't rest. But isn't it actually better not to go to your local? Necropolis? Yeah, now that we know, don't we not want to go there? Let's
1: not be their food.
0: Also, is there a summer? It's like the Summerlands Summer Court. Could there be a connection between those two?
1: Well, also avalon seems to be more northern, so it's weird that they would call their afterlife summerlands. Yeah, you know, well, like that the, feels like the opposite of what it would be.
0: I think avalon itself are the summerlands. It's like another name for it.
1: Oh, I don't,
0: I don't think it's the necropolis, unless I'm wrong, and I am often wrong. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, just something we'd have to look up to confirm. Yeah. So I guess what happens to souls that don't get a sailing?
0: I don't know. Is that I, That's either not been totally explained or we're stupid. So I have to assume that they're wandering like ghosts maybe. Because I mean, throughout different religions and mythologies, there's been, you know, you don't put the coins over the eyes. They don't have money to give to to like cross into the afterlife. So they just kind of wander. So is Cormac a ghost or is he maybe he winnowed away? Don't tell me. Is Cormac alive?
1: I'm not going to tell you since okay. you just said don't tell me.
0: He's alive in my heart.
1: Okay. Um. Yeah, I don't know because I'm thinking if not everybody even uses the bone quarter or something similar, mm-hmm. then they have to go somewhere without what being happens guided.
0: To the boats that remember, some would tip into. Yeah, the, the Sobeks
1: would attack them.
0: But to the soul, the Sobeks can't consume the souls, right? They, they, like, how they could still a
1: Sobek consume a soul?
0: Isn't it in the best interest of the Underking and the Asteri for all of the souls to make it? The whole boat thing is weird.
1: Yeah. Maybe they still make it, but it just makes people on land feel better about what they thought about the person. Yeah, maybe. I don't that's that's an interesting thought too. Mm-hmm. Another member of the Asteri, Polaris, the North Star, is wearing the body of a white-winged dark-skinned female angel. They point out there is no body because Cormac Kamikazied himself.
0: If you're wondering why Morvan is there to begin with when the Asteria allegedly can't pierce the mist of the Avalon Island, it's because that's not actually been tested.
1: I feel lied to.
0: We discussed this in our theories and predictions episode, but there are a lot of similarities between the Avalon Island and the prison island in Prithian, and we've speculated that that is where the dust court was. Do you know the answer to that yet? Yes. Damn. <laughs> Blink once if it's the dust court.
1: <laughs> I'm on camera. I can't. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the biggest is they are both covered in mist and they are protected by old magic, which kind of where Bryce lands their little mansion, lake lake house or whatever, that also has mist around it. So I guess that's old magic too? Possibly. Okay. Do you know the answer to that?
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, this is part of the problem is I read, ne- like I was reading Bryce's story and then went back to read more. So yeah. like... Once you follow Bryce, you get a lot of information. Okay. Although, I'm very surprised at her reception there. Like, the fact that she, like, chapter one, she's, like, immediately in a dungeon. I know we'll discuss this, but I was like, wow. Well,
0: it's like a dungeon, you know?
1: I mean, like, I just, I don't know. Part of me was like, oh, they're all going to be friends. But, I mean. It's like the four
0: seasons compared to where. Hunt and Rune and Vaxian are, though.
1: Sure. But at the same time, I guess, you know, she's a total stranger that just somehow arrived in their world. So it makes sense they're going to be concerned.
0: She's an alien.
1: (laughs) I mean, yeah. She's an illegal alien. (laughs) With fae ears. So the biggest connection that we found between the Avalon Island and the prison island in Prithian is that they're both covered in mist and protected by old magic. And we know thanks to Nesta, there was once a door in the prison as well.
0: One that perhaps went to Midgard, maybe even one that could be reopened. If you think about it, the Starborn are from the Prison Island and the Shadow Singers in Avalon. And what do light and dark make? Dusk. Maybe Cormac is alive and he's on the island. Like, I mean, you know the answer to this. Maybe he's, you know, <laughs> I was. Th- it reminded me of King Arthur. The whole Avalon, everything about Avalon Faye has reminded me of King Arthur. And there is a point in his kind of like legends and lore, he's mortally wounded and he's taken to Avalon.
1: Which on, sounds like a I valid. Know, on a
0: boat by the nine fairy queens, including Morgana.
1: Sarah obviously took a lot of inspo from various mythologies and religions, but there's a lot of lore and legends too, especially King Arthur vibes.
0: So basically Morvin is like, I'm on my way, bestie, <laughs> when he's called because he doesn't want the Asteri testing the
1: mist. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah.
0: Like, why? I am I just, I hate you that guys it was... You stay
1: where you are, thank you. Well,
0: it was kind of presented in the first one as this truth. Well, the Asteri can't go here. But now, I mean, we don't actually know that.
1: Well, but also, both kings are, like, kind of kiss asses. Yeah. You know, so they're very quick to be like, oh, he's no son of mine, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'll, you know, you page me, I'm here. Whatever you need.
0: Yeah, they really don't give it. Whatever
1: his- power they can get, they're like, yeah, sure. So, like, Morven. Einar, I already forgot. Einar, Einar is disavowing Rune and Bryce, assuming his heir was lured into his sister's shenanigans.
0: When Bryce wasn't even on the mine bridge, Rune wanted to play spy all on his own. <laughs> it's Hunt that she dragged into this. Everyone else was kind of on board. Yeah, but Hunt was the one that all along was like, "This
1: is this not is a good idea. Be so bad.
0: Yeah." And look where he is now.
1: The Autumn King is surprised, maybe a little. In awe that Bryce is no longer in Midgard.
0: He has been looking for a way for the Fae to go back where they came from.
1: Everyone else is assuming that means Bryce is in hell because, like, where else do the gates go?
0: Even Lydia at least appears to have no idea that there are other worlds. She just knows that the mystics are working really hard to find Bryce, which is suspicious. If the gate only goes one place, what, what do you mean you have the mystics looking for her? You know exactly where she is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, she knows there's other worlds because, you know, they're searching like the solar system, but they don't have gates to anywhere besides yeah. hell. So if, you know, if she's in hell, it should be an easy find.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Rigilus dismisses the kings.
0: I bet the autumn king has, he's like, okay, I gotta go. He has so many experiments to do, <laughs> but he also makes zero effort to help his son, his heir, who he knows is down in the dungeons. And I have to imagine, even if he doesn't give a shit about Rune or Bryce, he's now lost his heir and the only starborn Fae. And he, he didn't even ask about getting Rune out or, like, I, I guess there was never an option, but now he has no heir. And that's so important to Kings. You well, know?
1: it's weird because I feel like once Bryce showed her power, he was like, Rune who? Yeah. I mean, he mistreated Rune from his childhood on mm-hmm. anyway. And since he doesn't really age, I guess he could probably have more babies if he wants. So maybe I'd he's just not that. that- <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess he's just not that pressed about it. Yeah. Lydia turns back into the hind and goes down into the dungeons with Pollux, who is so mad his BFF the harpy is dead. No clue he's literally walking beside her murderer. Poor
0: harpy, the only ugly, the only pointed out ugly person. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe the biggest takeaway is the fact that there are, quote, scores of the Asteris new hybrid mech suits. You know, the ones that the cadre thought they, they were so proud of themselves for destroying them when Pippa was trying to get the the new mech suits, but nope, there are a shit ton of them that Rigelous had made in secret that they don't even require a pilot.
1: That's so terrifying. It, it feels like we're getting so close to nuclear war.
0: Also, Lydia is so close to the Asteri, but it does seem like they're keeping secrets from her. Or I don't even know if the other Asteri knew this was all Rigelous, so... I mean, do you think that he suspects that Lydia's not totally on their side? He does seem to have some sort of um, like weird affection towards her, like maybe not like a daughter, maybe.
1: Oh, no, she's literally his pet. Or a pet. Yeah. (sighs) yeah. No, I mean, and from having read further, I really don't think he has any idea, which is kind of weird. I honestly, I think whatever their reference to that torque is, they really think that they've got her Mm -hmm. and they're just like, eh. But also she's like, partnered up with Pollux, so they're like, dude, she's ours, don't worry. Yeah, Lydia tells Pollux she's keeping Hunt alive for bait for Bryce. Oh, and Rune too, just bait.
0: We speculated in House of Sky and Breath that Rune and Lydia were mates, mostly because of the way their minds connected without the Calm Crystals and his scent being on her, or really their scents mingling, despite never touching
1: IRL. Like, at the end of Sky and Breath, Lydia is trying to communicate, but Rune is still being a bitch. I mean... He is being tortured. I and also know. he's being tortured to help keep her secret as well. To protect because Pollux is unhinged about the harpy dying, so he's taking it out on who he thinks killed her, and it's really behind. hind. Yeah. So I mean, yes, he's it's very it's just so Adian. It being is. a bitch. Like I can't believe this is yo. Grow up, man. But like, also
0: just strategically, wouldn't you want to have a line of communication in case there's like a plan to get you out or something? Yeah.
1: I mean, and she might know what's going on to, with your sister. Like,
0: yeah. Don't you have questions? Did Have they found Bryce? Like what's going on? You
1: don't have to be affectionate with her, but you could at least still be like, oh, OK, you're going to tell me what's up.
0: Like, I understand he's in a bad mood, but at least Hunt hasn't lost his sass. <laughs> right?
1: <Poor laughs> he must Hunt. Be,
0: I know. He's having deja vu like in the worst way. He lost the love of his life. Check. But this time it's his mate, so worse. His wings have been sawed off again. Check. His halo tattoo, right back on. Slave mark. Check. Strung up in the dungeons. Check. I mean, it's literally like he's right back where he started. He has to feel... I would be personally a little bitter
1: I mean it's not okay about the whole
0: situation
1: but also fortunately it's only been a couple days because he endured that for like seven years alone Mm -hmm. so at least at this moment he's in there with his bros and they kind of have each other (laughs) and this time he actually has a mate that he's like he can worry about her instead of like focusing on what's happening
0: well and it's funny it keeps coming up in his mind he's like at least Bryce is in hell
1: (laughs) (laughs) what a happy thought <laughs> well, I mean, like, if nothing else, let's just hope he can keep his sense of humor after that barbed wire because it's different this time around.
0: Muddy palette cleanser. While we waited for House of Flame and Shadow, was the Souls trilogy? It's been one of my book recommendations. I think I recommended around Halloween, but in the second book, they visit this like demon sex club. Oh god! <laughs> and there is a couple using barbed wire whips, but it's like a very different vibe. Like it's consensual and they're enjoying it. Yeah, that's I, a level I of was, pain I
1: don't know if I'm ready for.
0: It was a weird. Like I finished that chapter, and then the next night was when I started House of Sky and Breath. When I saw the or House of Flame and Shadow, when I. I saw the barbed wire. I like had a moment where I was like, okay,
1: this is, (laughs) this is different. (laughs) This is not sexy.
0: (laughs) Anyway. So in chapter one, the drop opens with Bryce sitting in an interrogation chamber beneath a mountain, which I have to assume is the hewn city or I guess beneath it. Right. I mean, you know the answer to this, but. Well, I
1: mean, she can kind of hear, um, the creatures or whatever, you know, like Mm -hmm. in, um, Akatar, they reference what's below the Hewn City, and she can kind of hear them from where she is. But also the Blackstone fits the Court of Nightmares.
0: And remember what Feyre saw etched into the walls of the Hewn City. At the time, I thought it was just like creepy aesthetic. But with what we know now and what Bryce is hearing under her, there's definitely more going on. I just don't remember at any point in Akatar it being discussed what's underneath the Hewn City, like under underneath the underneath. You I don't know? feel like
1: they ever like told us what it was. Mm-hmm. But I feel like, oh gosh, I'd have to go back. I feel like it was referenced as like rumors of those creatures still being around mm-hmm. somewhere or something.
0: And standing before Bryce is Amran as and the beautiful, powerful male who looks so much like Rune,
1: Reese. And not to go off on a huge tangent, but we've talked about the possible connections between Rune and Reese,
0: From the batshit crazy theory of parallel universes to the unhinged, like they're descended from Maeve, To the, oh, that would be cool scenario of Reese's sister actually being alive thanks to Tamlin. And Rune is descended from her. She somehow made her way over to Midgard. To the logical, just members of the Night Court made the crossing. So Reese and Rune are simply related. But for them to look so similar, I mean.
1: Yeah, that's wild. They
0: would be pretty far away in the family tree to look exactly the same. Yeah. I, I feel like we're going to be... or I'm going to be embarrassed when it comes out that it's just that simple. <laughs> like, I, I was going into parallel universes and all these different theories, and it's probably just, you know, they're related, so they look alike. But when I think about parallel universes, if that were, you know, going to be the case in the future, the more I think about Eris, because I've been rereading Silver Flames, is he's kind of like a Cormac. Or I think that he could develop into a Cormac. Like, mm-hmm. he, you know, was raised by a monster to, to be a monster then kind of went against that in the ways that he could.
1: Yeah. To undermine. Yeah. Well, I obviously won't give any spoilers. We do learn more about the different family trees. Okay. Um, We don't learn, or at least we haven't yet some specific conne- connections, but I think that some of your questions will be answered.
0: Okay. Thank God. So
1: it's interesting. And there's like, even with the information that we do learn as we keep reading, there are still some more connections that you're like, okay, but, Maybe also this that aren't quite explained.
0: So everything isn't answered. There's still.
1: Um, I think a lot of our big questions are answered. Um, But some of the theories you've got could also still be possible. They just aren't discussed as much like the bigger picture stuff is discussed first. Yeah. If that makes sense. It's so hard to like, kind of tell you that without like telling okay. you too much. I won't
0: ask any more questions.
1: <laughs> um, Hunt and Cassian are also bastard brutes with hearts of gold. So there's just so many like parallel connections between these worlds. Yeah,
0: and also with Hunt and Reese, they have their like, you know, he has the High Lord mask that he slips on, and Hunt has his embarrassing helmet to become the <laughs> <laughs> to become the Umbra Mortis. So they're similar in that way, and but then. All of them, not really Reese, but Hunt and Cassian have similar like daddy issues, mm-hmm. and they have those mothers that they've kind of turned into saints. You know, like
1: their their mothers. Well, Reese kind of falls into that too with his mother.
0: Yeah, and everything I
1: know, she went through.
0: And I know that Fury and Amorin, they look alike, but Amran gives more Jessup vibes to me. Kind of like older, wiser, seems to always know what's what's going on. She has more history knowledge. She's definitely older. Yeah. And there of course our scarred shadow daddies, Rune and Az. They would be like the parallel to each other.
1: It's also uh, Juniper and Elaine, you know, no explanation needed there.
0: Literally. Pointless. <laughs>
1: <laughs> So back in Prithian, Amran is shocked to hear someone speaking the ancient language, the language that no one has spoken in 15,000 years.
0: Which just so happens to be when the fae made the crossing into Midgard with the sword that matches Truth Teller.
1: Seriously, come on, guys. It's just not this hard.
0: I know. It was like, okay, the just looking at the timeline of the 15,000 years and that keeps coming up in both worlds. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, even when they were at the bog and the thing that was living in the bog, I can't remember what they're called, that attacked Nesta.
1: Kelpie. Kelpie. I think.
0: That it came up then. It's just like, they, they're they so smart in some ways, but in other ways, I'm like, guys.
1: It's a lot to take in. Yeah. But also, aside from Amarin, most of them weren't actually alive for it. So yeah. it's like, oh, okay, what you're saying sounds far-fetched until Amarin's like, um, wait a mm. second.
0: And they are suspicious of Bryce, which is understandable. She did just drop into their world, covered in someone else's blood. She's screaming, Adis. And they're like, who? She's probably just like picking up cats and begging for their <laughs> help, being like, Adis. <laughs> and she's carrying the twin sword to truth teller. So they, they immediately see her as a threat.
1: Well, I, I mean, guess? that's not something, you know, like they can winnow, but they can't travel between worlds. Mm-hmm. She has a powerful... Um, weapon with her Mm -hmm. she's speaking a different language she there's something off about her smell like i'm so excited these worlds have crossed and we want them all to be friends but i can totally understand why you know the people in prithian are like whoa whoa whoa. who are you and what's coming with you and then of course the more she talks the more they're like did you just endanger us by popping in
0: here yeah i understand that they especially with reese having you know a family family now and but does it kind of seem like you know in shows that used to cross over and it's like they didn't have the budget to pay the entire cast. Like <laughs> it's there are people like I want it. Where's cast? You know, where's Feyre? It's yeah. like some of these people, I haven't seen them at all. And I'm a little disappointed. I want it to be like a full ensemble.
1: Yeah. Well, and to be fair, you know, Azriel is one of the main people that Reese used to have question. Yeah. Um, Not prisoners, but like be, do the first the round torturer. of questioning. And then Amran has been around long enough. She should know what's going on. I do love that the sass of House of Earth and Blood, Bryce, is back, especially with Amran. Mm-hmm. And that Sarah gets right to two of the biggest questions. Yes, Gwydion is the Starsword. And yes, the Asteria or the Daglin.
0: So we were right about that. Yeah. <laughs> Bryce is trying to mentally calculate the risk-reward with how much she's going to share. Despite Reese promising not to harm her, not to enter her mind forcefully, she doesn't know these people who are just standing in front of her. She's locked in a room and they're dressed like it's a renaissance festival. And she doesn't trust Faye for good reasons. I mean, they're fucking assholes in Midgard. So I mean, she's going into this not trusting Faye.
1: Yeah, but these people also have way more power than the Faye in Midgard. So she's like, whoa. Yeah. This is very different what's happening here. But she's also not lying about how she got to and She really doesn't know. She Her intention was to go to hell. And there's... I don't know how you could prove that if they're like, yo, okay.
0: (laughs) I know. And I mean, part of me is like, just just show them your mind. Yeah.
1: Why not just show him like a scene?
0: What is it she thinks she's like, what's inside her mind that she doesn't want to be seen? Like, what is she hiding?
1: I don't know. But like also the fact that her brother looks so much like Reese, I would be the person that's like, oh, also blast this up here. Just, just so you Mm know, just want to fuck you up a little bit more.
0: And she intended to get help. And I think that's why she is in Prithian. It's the home of the Fae who actually managed to banish the Asteri. And she basically has a beacon to that homeworld on her chest. So it does make sense why she ended up where she did.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's also that prophecy about the star sword and the, I guess it's a knife, truth teller being reunited. The sword and the dagger. Dagger. Thank you. Yes. Being reunited to reunite everyone. So everything's in the right place. Yeah. Speaking of answered questions, they do recognize the names Thea and Peleus.
0: Which is kind of, I was surprised by, because in all of ACOTAR, it was just Finn, Fionn, however you want to say it. Uh it. It never mentioned... They and Peleus' names, just that he was betrayed by his queen and general.
1: Well, and to be fair, Amran really recognizes it. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you were to ask me about 15,000 years ago here, I'm like, ooh, did we learn that in history class? Yeah, <laughs> no. You know, that's a really far back.
0: Well, and history kind of writes women out anyway.
1: Very true. There's also no stories in Prithian of people migrating to another world. At least not that recent as know of.
0: I was very confused by that at first. I just, I don't understand how it's possible an entire group of people completely leave a world and no one notices. But Amryn says that before she went in, which I'm assuming she means going into the prison, there were rumors of people who vanished to another world or another land, or they were spirited away by the cauldron. But she calls it a myth, even though she's literally looking at proof. Like Amryn, what do you mean it's a myth? Here is this person from another world that's fae that has that is starborn i just
1: i think because it was just a section of fey it wasn't like everybody and they still don't even fifteen thousand years you guys still don't have technology that's wild but also like
0: how embarrassing they don't even
1: have phones if you think about (laughs) how much people use like word of mouth and how many people were illiterate for like thousands of years Mm -hmm. i guess it would be difficult to have any history properly passed down
0: Is it possible though that Reese is hiding something? He's part Illyrian, so he's part of he's part that first generation of angel that was created by the Asteri. And I don't I don't quite understand the timeline of when his family took over the night court from Moore's family. Like, could it be possible that the Daglin helped establish Reese's family on the throne, or is that crazy?
1: Um, I don't I'm not supposed to tell you.
0: Wait, is that something you actually know?
1: I mean, generally speaking, because like, as we go along, you get like a history of Perth. Okay, don't tell me. Okay.
0: But the bigger question, I guess, is why I'm always <laughs> looking for a way to make Reese the bad guy. I don't know why I've turned on him as a character, because I, I started out loving him, but now... Well, it's like I'm looking for a, a way for him to be back to that dangerous Reese we first met. So I'm looking for to be some planning sort of something. Angle. Yeah, well,
1: because like the way we saw him in Silver Flames, he's just a neutered version, which yes. we referenced before, and it's it's almost a little disappointing because mm-hmm. you just want more from him, mm-hmm. and maybe it's just not the right time to see more. Yeah, because like, we're barely getting to talk to him in the beginning of this book, and we're like, okay, bye, mm-hmm. is that it?
0: But it did make me LOL when Bryce lies that there are only two on the entire planet who can teleport. And Amorin is like, that's so embarrassing.
1: I mean, they She's have like to do
0: the entire planet.
1: But I mean, like also like if she can feel how powerful they are, I'm sure they can feel her. And they're like, oh, is this this is it? Yeah. goes as it gets. When Bryce tells the trio, the Asteri want to return to Prithian for revenge. That's what really gets their attention. And the tax on our magic park reminds them of something, a tithe.
0: Man, Tamlin loved a good tithing.
1: Gross.
0: (laughs) You know, I've talked about this, about how I'm so judgy in this book, but then I know I would have just stayed with Tamlin, planned my little parties, been a (laughs) consort, been up there in the tithing being like, where are the rest of the fish?
1: Look, it's easy to, I mean, it's easy to like judge, you know, after having read the books and seeing what's coming. But when everybody first reads about Tamlin, you're like, oh, okay, Tamlin.
0: I know. He's just so sexy. (laughs) So the first light taken during the drop might actually have been done in Prithian. Because we talked about that a lot. We were like, okay, there's like, you settle down into your power in Throne of Glass. Like, what is the version of that in Akatar? So I guess that at some point there was, or is, is that what they're saying? That there was a, a tax on magic at some point? They just called it by a different name?
1: Yes. They called it the Tithe. Okay. And it was We've been an-
0: wondering that ever since we started Crescent City. And Well, we-
1: and like the more information we get, you know, it's the same idea, but the Asteri also have been improving their uh, technology, I guess you would call yeah. it. So it's different, you know, by the time it reaches Bryce.
0: I wonder <laughs> if they were able to have better technology in Midgard because of the humans. You know, like, did the humans already have some things that they incorporated?
1: I mean... Parthos was a very
0: successful city. You know,
1: everything was very advanced. But also, maybe because their magic wasn't as strong in Midgard, Mm -hmm. they were able to develop more with the technology. Because I feel like in Prithian, the magic is so strong. Like, you know, why would they need to worry about technology? Yeah.
0: And I can totally understand why Bryce is having a hard time explaining the Asteri. Like, imagine someone, you drop into a world, you're an illegal alien, and (laughs) someone's like, Tell me everything about your world. And I, where do you, I don't, where do you begin? Like, how do you explain, okay, well, there's this intergalactic parasite and they take our magic, but then they came from this world. But then we have like all this technology. How do you explain technology to someone who's never seen
1: well, also, technology? I was going to say, and what they're, what they're worried about is what's going to hurt them. So mm-hmm. like, all you're going to do is tell them the bad things. Yeah. You know, like, Sorry.
0: I know. And you want to be like, there's also good things like TikTok.
1: (laughs) But like also time is of the essence, like my mate and brother are being tortured right now. So can we just can I tell you what's important and we can like move forward?
0: That's why I think it would be beneficial for her just to open her mind up.
1: Right. And I don't know.
0: I know that she doesn't trust them. I think that she was scared that they're going to align themselves with the Asteri.
1: Well, by giving like letting them know she has the horn in her back, she's Mm -hmm. opening a gateway. So I'm sure she does not want them to take advantage of her.
0: Yeah, I think I would just start a new life in Prithian. Like everyone's beautiful. <laughs> what, they have mate? the same spices and herbs. <laughs> Everything's fine.
1: I mean, Bryce does lay out like I'm speaking a language that hasn't been spoken in 15,000 years with a sword that hasn't been seen in 15,000 years from a world occupied by Faye who migrated 15,000 years ago. Like, Come on, Come it's pretty ass. obvious.
0: Amran says there's no record of how the Daglin, the Asteri, were defeated. But honestly, I don't know if I trust that short bitch. <laughs> I'm like, is there not? Or you just don't want to say what happened? Well,
1: I feel like she forgot a lot after going into the cauldron, too. Mm-hmm. So there may have been, and she just doesn't remember. She
0: does say that there are, like, songs of battles. So I'd be like, well, start singing. I mean, yeah, you know, you like the, if that's the <laughs> only history, like, sing it to me. But also what do we think the other world is that beat the Asteri? There's hell, there's Prithian, and then there's that third one. What I that I can't pronounce.
1: <laughs> what is Aphraxia? Aphraxia? I don't remember that one.
0: It's the third, like hell they you know, when she's going through
1: Oh, when she's just going through their ledgers.
0: Yeah. She sees she's like, okay, hell, and then what we now know is Prithian and then
1: I mean Aurelia is the, the only other world that we know.
0: And we don't know if that's Midgard, because we also have speculated that parthos was antica yeah so i don't know if that if well and there's that other series that sarah has books that are going to be coming out about like twilight of the gods Mm -hmm. if that will work in there or if that's going to be i
1: don't know that would be interesting since we've been asking about where these gods are Mm -hmm. they ask about resources because bryce won't let reese enter her mind they bring the veritas orb so they can see her memories
0: I can't picture what she does. She kind of pictures um, like war footage off of whatever the Faye version of CNN is. Well, because like
1: didn't Moore do that with the human queens? She Mm -hmm. like kind of projected for them. So I feel like she's putting a projection up for them. I
0: know, but you would have to in your mind picture. Okay, picture war. I'm picturing movies. like They would end up watching clips from like Saving Private Ryan or Independence Day like coming out of my mind. I was going to say I
1: immediately just saw like uh, a nuclear bomb. When you said picture war, I was like bomb.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's
1: terrifying.
0: But also, where is more? Because her, that Barbie's job is truth. Yeah. Why isn't she down there right now? Confirming They're is the confirming. truth. Confirming, yeah. it's That's very where weird. Is Moore?
1: That's a good point. They're horrified at the guns. The brimstone missiles are awful. Mm-hmm. And there's just destruction everywhere on a huge scale. And the Asteri want to bring that shit there?
0: One thing I did not have on my bingo card was a magical bean for communication. <laughs>
1: It's silly, but it does fix the language barrier. It's very like fairy tale.
0: Yeah, and *Akatar* has always been the more fairy tale-esque of Sarah's books. It literally starts as Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> and so this is kind of like Jack and the Beanstalk type
1: <laughs> moment. It is.
0: Although, if you're telling me they have like a Duolingo magic bean, but they haven't figured out C-sections. Oh, God. <laughs> I am i don't know. Unfortunately, yeah, the magic... Valid mag- question. Right? It's... I mean, I don't know. I guess I i don't even want to go down that path because I will get very yes, distracted. it's that's okay. But the magical bean does something other than just allow Bryce to speak and understand their language. It reveals the tattoo, which we know is the horn, but they don't for now. And it maybe even gives her a little boost like Hunt's lightning did. It is like an infusion of magic. You know, it's a spell, so it's its power.
1: It's a small amount, but it is yeah. something. Yeah, so
0: I understand the logic. i I, I get... I get why it happened.
1: I mean, like the fact their reaction to the fact that the language of the tattoo matches the books of breathing or the yeah, books of book of breathings. Mm -hmm. It I don't think I understand their reaction. Like she's already told you Mm -hmm. that she's from world from 15000 years ago. Book of breathings is something about, you know, related to the cauldron that Mm -hmm. makes worlds. So like, yeah, she would have a connection to something like that. They're like panic doesn't make sense. Well,
0: and Nesta already told you something about her feels made. Yeah. But then they bring Nesta right back down there. But
1: that's, it's like they're still like, mm, but I think you're lying.
0: Mm-hmm. Did you see my back? The not. Book of Breathings, it just so happens to have been in Library of Parthos, which Danica had access to.
1: Remember the simple days of finding out Danica's secrets?
0: I missed that. <laughs> well, probably. Are we done with Danica's secrets? Mm. I'm assuming not. I think so. Oh.
1: There's bigger fish to fry now. Okay. There's bigger things going on.
0: The Book of Breathings can nullify the cauldron's magic. The book is written in, I'm going to say Hebrew and you say what it
1: actually is. Okay. I think it's Lashon. Okay. I'm reading what I see, which I'm sure it's pronounced differently, but it looks like Lashon Hakodesh.
0: Sounds great. (laughs) Which we're assuming, we've been assuming all along that it's word marks, that it's word marks. Everything is word marks. It's the language of the universes. And it, I think it's what could connect the entire mass verse. And we know the walking dead, which was also in the library of Parthos is about word marks. So I guess maybe that's where Danica learned about them. Kind of like it taught Aelin.
1: Yeah, maybe.
0: And it's, it's like the, I think the walking dead was the one that was kind of sentient, right? It, it kind of followed. Yeah. Her that around would follow and, Aelin around yeah, in the so, castle. So maybe that's where Danica learned how to put a word mark on the, her back. Maybe. Kind of like. She didn't really fully did. understand the
1: language, but she was definitely digging something very old. Yeah. Well, the the bean finally starts working just in time for Bryce to understand that as is saying, explain or you die.
0: And now it's time to catch up with Captain Whatever. I'm so
1: glad for the cutaway. It's <laughs> like, I'm so glad we have more of those. But guess what? He's feeling sorry for himself. So
0: not much has changed. He's just (laughs) traded an underwater cage for a cage match where he's just fought a minotaur and won. And I do love all the different like magical creatures.
1: Yeah. I like that they've expanded on that so much. Yeah. So quick backstory. Therion strung along the River Queen's daughter for a decade, tried to finally break it off. And then the River Queen's daughter ran to tell her mom about our little merman so then he took off running to the meat market to offer himself to the Viper Queen via a blood oath.
0: You know, I was thinking about the River Queen's daughter, and I had a thought. Is it possible the River Queen's daughter has a name, but Therion never uses it because he thinks so little of her? Like, it's kind of like a dehumanizing thing. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. He, she, he just it doesn't even see see her as worth
1: well, Saying I mean, like, Rune never even asked Hypaxia's name, so I could see him just, like, exactly. not thinking of her. Yeah. Not to be, like, intentionally awful. He just doesn't care enough. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I-, I like Therion, and he's not had the easiest journey, but, like, he's also a little bitch, and his decision-making is terrible, especially as the book goes on. You're like, what are you
0: doing? People are in the Asteri dungeons and Prithian. Like, I I don't care about Fight Club right now. I know that it's bigger picture and maybe even setting up for the next book, but I just, I, I. it was so hard when I would be de- going down this road of like 15,000 years, language, word marks. See, this is why I kept reading on. Bryce's
1: story. I was like, I will come back. I literally read Bryce's, oh, like I really look for her name and like only read her sections until like chapter 43. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I need to chill out and go back and like read it all together
0: ultimately i think that therion and ethan and flynn and deck they're all good males like i think all men and i don't know it's something i do all men fall into one of two categories ones that would have pushed the women and children aside to get on a lifeboat while the titanic was sinking and males who would have done the right thing and just died (laughs) and all the males that we've met except maybe reed remember him they fall into like the helping women and children board instead of picking one up and being like, This is my child. <laughs> but they they still aren't perfect. I mean none like, of them are. The way not- that Rune is treating Lydia, the way that Therion treated the River Queen's daughter, who who was a brat, but then did she did she deserve a decade of being led on? I mean, you know? they
1: are kind of being humanized by giving them good and bad sides. Mm-hmm. But also like especially the guys in Midgard are not much for planning. Yeah. Like all of you have important roles and you're like, well, we'll just fly by the seat of our pants and hope Mm -hmm. this works out. Like that's just ridiculous.
0: I know when you, when you catch up with Therion, he's feeling sorry for himself. I don't feel sorry for you. Ethan is more annoyed than anything. Yeah. And then Flynn and Deck are like doing the best they can, but everyone's just kind of like running in circles.
1: I mean, Therion had a decade to make a plan and then he was like, oops, like you're, stupid well
0: and he did we keep forgetting that the ocean queens what is it captain sendez Mm -hmm. gave him an out Mm -hmm. at one point was like come to us if you ever need to or whatever and he just ran straight to the meat market
1: well i mean in his defense that was only because he had less than 30 minutes to get somewhere fast yeah and he didn't have a quick way to contact sendez but other than that it just you had a decade to plan so i just you're dumb
0: Yeah. And when he talks about his parents, I'm like, oh, I really didn't think about him offering himself to the Viper Queen. Like, what if there had been retaliation against his family? Yeah,
1: because you just you're a traitor. Mm -hmm. It's treason. I mean so basically deep down these are all good males but they're very whiny, so whiny. and they exclusively make <laughs> bad decisions then shame spiral and think and talk about it over and over and over again. There
0: are literal chapters over and over and over again where they're just feeling sorry for themselves. I mean and I that's found... that's men though. I mean that's pretty accurate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just find myself rolling my eyes whenever a chapter starts with his name cuz I'm like, "Oh, okay, what else did you do? What did you do now?"
0: I don't want them to die. It's,
1: it's, like, <laughs> I it's, mean, don't die. Yeah. But... It's
0: kind of how I feel about myself. Like, I'm not actively trying to die. I'm just apathetic. Like, if I see a bus coming, I'm not going to step in front of it, but I'm not going to step away from it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's awful. <laughs> so I feel about them like I feel about myself.
1: Like, okay, well, I, w- I went through and read the things that were the most important to me that I had to know right then. And then now I've gone back so that I'm not missing anything. Yeah. But yeah, that's, they were secondary characters, period.
0: We do find out more about Therion in this one chapter than maybe the previous two books combined, like his, his past, like he attended the Blue Court Military Academy and now his parents have disowned him, but we never really heard about his parents outside of what happened to his sister. So there's a little bit more depth to him, I guess, or it's supposed to give him depth. Yeah, we get a little bit more. But on the positive side, I was slightly more interested in the Ethan of it all in this book. Like, I think it it was probably the addition of the Deer Alpha. It was like a new... It was something new for him other than just, you know, pining after Bryce.
1: Well, Ethan was kind of stepping up and making his own decisions finally. Like, yeah. he has Alpha blood and it's time that he started acting Yeah, we more. do. We
0: keep forgetting that. Like, Connor did too. Connor just... You know, was second to Danica by choice, but
1: they are alphas. Well, and Ethan very easily was like, okay, but I'm just a sunball player. Okay, well, you're not anymore. Yeah. And your brother's gone. and Danica's gone. So I need you to step up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, at least Therion hates himself as much as we sometimes hate him. <laughs> <laughs> so we're on the same page. Standing beside him on his rock bottom is Ariadne, who, like Therion, fights for the Viper Queen. The dragon, at least, isn't technically owned by the Viper Queen, though
0: she's still a slave uh, just with a different owner, the astronomer. So Therion's rock bottom is kind of Ariadne's salvation, or at least her break from that creepy old fuck, who <laughs> I'm surprised hasn't been trying harder to get her back. Like, I thought that was going to be um, more of a storyline. Does, does the astronomer come? Don't tell me. Does the astronomer come back at <laughs> Don't all? tell
1: me. Let me ask a question. Yeah. <laughs> um, look, uh, I'm not supposed to tell you, so like okay. I don't know what to tell you. Yes? Okay. There is more on that storyline, and we find Good. out a few things. Um, But so Ariadne and Therion are both pretty deep in their shame. Therion over, well, everything, and Ariadne for bailing on Bryson Hypaxia. So it's nice to know she actually cared.
0: Yeah. You mean, know, they were being
1: attacked by a death stalker, and she was just like, bye.
0: Well, at least they had Ethan, the world's worst bodyguard. Yeah, immediately
1: losing his throat, but it's fine. <laughs>
0: Losing his throat.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know. Going to fight well after that.
0: And not only did Therion swear himself to the Viper Queen, he bound himself to her too. He is addicted to her venom. Barf. Gross. And he's basically one of those glassy-eyed fucks who who defected from the Fae. He was very judgy for someone who's exactly where they are now. It's like meet the new boss, same as the old boss, with the River Queen and the Viper Queen. Like, Therion is right back to being called into the office no free will, standing there, getting in trouble like he's in middle school.
1: It also sounded a, uh, like they she's going to have sex with him. Like, I know. Is that voluntary? I know. It very much seemed like, okay, you're high, and now I'm going to get what I want from you. Yeah. Which I don't think that's what he signed up for, so I hope he's okay with what's happening. They kind of glaze over it, but mm-hmm. it was sad. Also, it's wild that it's only been like two or three days I since know. everything that happened. You know I mean? I understand why he's in a shame spiral. Cormac just died. Everything just kind of imploded. Mm -hmm. So hopefully this will get better for him soon. The Viper Queen opens a vein with milky opalescent venom. It makes me nauseous. And then apparently gives the strongest high an immortal can get.
0: I thought she had dark blood. I thought I remembered that was something that we talked about because of her being possibly Vogue.
1: I feel like it was mentioned that way before, mm-hmm. but she's giving venom now instead of blood. So Would maybe, that just be
0: in, But she lo- she just opens up a vein down her arm. Are there, there, I guess they're different.
1: I don't know. Veins. Maybe she has a way of controlling what, like, you know, in other books when vampires can release their venom to, like, mm-hmm. make it pleasurable. Maybe she has control over what That's she's. That's a good
0: point. Or she's like Maeve and she can control what it looks and smells like. Ew. I you know. <laughs>
1: it's just all of it's so gross. But, you know, maybe it's a different vein overall. I don't know. Yeah. And like Maeve, the power she has over her subjects crosses the line into sexual coercion.
0: It reminds me of Connell and uh,
1: Fenris. Fenris. Yeah.
0: The Viper Queen, she's an interesting character. Like, I love a good female villain like Maeve, I think was interesting. Some of the other villains, the SJM rights, um, like Amarantha or Highburn, there's no depth to them. Like, even if I don't, I'd never... I never was rooting for Maeve. I could understand her a little bit more. Like yeah. why she did, why she is who she is. They gave her some sympathetic
1: aspects. Yeah. And you never like, really okay. got that. Hibern,
0: I mean, he didn't even have a name. Yeah. So there just wasn't a lot well, going he and on.
1: there were just cruelty, plain mm-hmm. and simple, nothing else.
0: And so I hope we get a little bit more to the Viper Queen because right now there's not much other than like, she loves joggers and getting her nails done.
1: Yeah. And lording it over people. Yeah. Always having them owe her a favor or something. Mm -hmm. We don't have to go far to find Ethan, who is in the meat market, trying to convince Flynn, Deck, and Mark to help save Therion.
0: It is admirable that he hasn't given up on his friend. But, I mean, what the fuck do you want the frat boys to do? They're trying to hold everything, including the ox, together. And they're trying to find out how they can help their BFF rune. And Ethan just kind of goes into things and he's like, we need to help Therion. Okay.
1: I mean, to be fair... Therion was there when all this went down too. So like, yes, this is his choice and I get it. He's not top priority, but he is like right next to you. Mm-hmm. So since he's in close proximity, is there anything we could do? Can we just check on him? Yeah. But I guess that answers our question about how much Deck and Flynn saw, which is not much.
0: And that probably saved their lives. It's probably a good thing that I guess that they haven't explained Did the cameras just they weren't in the throne room, right? Is that what it is? So they didn't see any of that. So they don't know Um, what the Asteri are.
1: Right. They didn't see anything about what was hidden down in the archives, but they did see what happened with Bryce and Hunt and Rune. You know, so they knew all that was happening. Okay. And then I don't know if the Asteri caught on to the hackers and switched everything over, Mm -hmm. but the Asteri shut everything down very fast. Yeah. Flynn also makes a good point. Therion defected, not under the best circumstances, but he still defected. Meanwhile, Rune and Hunt are in the dungeons being held as traitors and Bryce... They don't know where the fuck she is.
0: Flynn kind of implies that she bailed, which goes against her character and everything we know about her. Like, I think deep down he knows that's not the case. But Flynn and Deck are just so exhausted and they're stressed and they're all lashing out. Like, everyone is in a terrible mood.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's, yeah, it's some it's got to be somebody's fault. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I can see that. Everyone, including Sigrid Fendier, the spare heir who Ethan totally told Sabine about. So now she's at the top of the bitches hit list.
0: I think my biggest hope for this book is for Sabine to die.
1: I wouldn't be mad about it.
0: Yeah. And a quick refresh on Siggy. That's her little <laughs> nickname that the Sprites, the Sprites actually named her. When I saw her name, I was like, first of all, I thought of Siegfried and Roy. Yeah. <laughs> that was the first thing. But then I was like, did she have a name? And she remembered it? No. One of the Sprite triplets uh, just decided to name her, which yeah. is cute. And they call her Siggy. Well,
1: it's weird that her family didn't give them names. That also feels very cult-like.
0: Yeah. And we don't know much about her background other than, you know, she's Sabine's, I guess, niece would be. Yeah. When we met her, she was just a nameless mystic who, like Ariadne, was owned by the astronomer Ethan, along with Bryce and Therion, visited the mystics to get some answers about Connor in um, House of Sky and Breath.
1: Which is how they met Thanatos, who lives where?
0: The hewn fucking city. Interesting. Interesting. Anyway, Ethan broke into the astronomers uh, with no thoughts, just vibes. (laughs) And he liberated, (laughs) or I guess you stole, depending on who you ask, the sprites, uh, the dragon, and later he came back for the alpha wolf, who ended up being the daughter of Sabine's brother.
1: So here's the alternative to Sabine being named Prime and Ethan has her out in the open.
0: And he's annoyed by all of her questions, but she's literally been floating in the cosmos for we we have no idea how many years. She didn't know what a shower was. She never washed her hair. She somehow made the drop in an isolation tank and I want to get to that later because I don't quite understand, but it reminded me of Man in the Iron Mask when they're trying to oh, like God. have it, yeah, I remember they're trying yeah. to have him take over, but they have to teach him like all of the basics, like they just need to have some some patience. They're kind of I don't want to say that they're mean or rude to her or anything, but they're kind of like she needs to be washing her hair. You need to tell her to shower. And it's like,
1: you know, just I don't know if that was necessarily a mean comment when they were yeah. reminding, but she's also kind of a bitch.
0: Yeah. Like she, she walks has an out attitude. With but she's all, an alpha.
1: Well, she walks out with all the alpha attitude, but she's mm-hmm. had no training and she still has all these expectations. And I'm like, yeah. there's no humility. And there should be a moment where you're like, I need to learn how to do this if I'm going to acclimate and step into this position. So mm-hmm. I'm sure that they're also probably just a little bit annoyed with how pushy she is. It
0: seems like Mark is the most annoyed. Poor Mark.
1: Mark's been taken advantage of. He's like, holding Mark, everything can you get
0: together. Us? Yeah, he's like, can you get us out of this? Can you help mm-hmm. with this?
1: Ethan is just as bad as Therion when it comes to the self-loathing. Get over it and do something already.
0: Right. Even if Ethan is like, let's go save Therion. Save him how? do you have a plan? Do you have any ideas? He actually he,
1: does. He,
0: I mean, he does once they have Rune and Hunt out, but like as far as Therion, w- what's your plan with the Viper Queen?
1: Oh yeah, no, no thought there. There's, just We just need to do something.
0: We need to do something. I just, I hate people like that in real life who like the, what they call themselves like the big picture. Mm-hmm. We need to do this. And then someone else has to figure out the logistics. That's what this feels like. Yep. And, I don't I don't know. I just, it, it kept, it was getting on my nerves because he was not judging them for not wanting to get Therion out, but he was, he definitely had a bit of an attitude of like, how could you not want to get Therion out? Like, yeah, of course we want to get him out.
1: Well, he's not prioritizing anything. He's mm-hmm. very much frustrated, which I get, but Therion is there by choice mm-hmm. and Rune and Hunt may die soon. It's a little different. We yeah. need to get them first. Also, you don't have any options on how to get Therion out. Mm-hmm. You don't have any ideas. So, what do you want us to do? Yeah. I get, I do get his frustration, but it's like, we're not forgetting Therion. We just have a bigger priority that needs to be done right now. There's a time restraint, you know?
0: And no one's even talking about Baxian. Right. Who they Baxian. better save him too.
1: Ethan suggests they use Therion's contact to get them into the Mer, mer- ship Mayor. where Hunt and his mate, where Hunt had his mate rage.
0: I'm sure that they would be thrilled to have Hunt back on board under the water, just completely unhinged and filled with lightning. Great <laughs> He news. made such a good first impression. Yeah,
1: please invite him back.
0: Deck is like, I don't have powerful enough healing magic. If only we had a, a team of medwitches or we had a very powerful medwitch.
1: Oh, well. <laughs> Why does everyone keep forgetting about Hypaxia? Seriously. She's a medwitch, a necromancer, and a plot device.
0: We do get a callback to Earth and Blood when Siggy's at a stall selling opals the stall is selling opals not Siggy. <laughs> yeah. and it it's just like the one that bryce threw at hunt's head remember after that synth drug bust mm-hmm. she's so mad
1: she was so mad but those were simpler times one thing i will say for ethan is that he's loyal he sticks up for bryce saying that she doesn't give up on the people she loves and he hasn't given up on therion either
0: because they're his pack now Aww. you know and that's his home he's talked about the mojo dojo cos house being yeah his these house are now. Mark points out Therion might not be able to leave, but he can still talk. And they do need to ask him about the Ocean Queen's contact.
1: I mean, that's the thing, too, though. Like, they're sitting here with no ideas. He's literally, like, a wall away. Yeah. He's got to be miserable. Why don't you talk to him Just about go what talk happened? to him. Hey,
0: buy a ticket. Go see the show.
1: Well, they also didn't get to see what happened with Cormac. So, like, why don't you go talk to him about it? He's right there.
0: If I saw a poster that was like, Elle is going to fight a Minotaur, I'd be like, ah. Oh. I'll buy a ticket to (laughs) that.
1: Let me see that. What do you mean? Before they can contact Therion or get the spare air back to the Mojo Dojo Casa House, wolves converge on the meat market. But thank
0: Erd, we are back in Prithian.
1: (laughs) I mean, it's not important.
0: I mean, yeah, I care, but I was dying to get back to Bryce's storyline.
1: We just waited so long, guessed and theorized, and literally started a podcast about the crossover, so for it to finally be here is too exciting to stop for Therion and Ethan Updates.
0: It was kind of like you said, we were doing a tandem read, (laughs) and Ethan and Therion, they were the Tower of Dawn, which, you know, we liked, and it was important to the overall story, but when you do it and you don't do the tandem read and you're just doing Tower of Dawn, like, Jesus Christ.
1: It does get more interesting than Tower of Dawn, I think. Mm -hmm. And quicker, obviously, because that's an entire book. But mm-hmm. yeah, I had to know what happened to Bryce first, and then I could calm down and go back to the others. Yeah. Back in Prithian, Bryce isn't lying to Reese. She really doesn't know the language her tattoo is in. She's just not telling the whole truth about the horn, and that omission isn't going unnoticed by Reese as an Amron, who feels something in her tattoo.
0: Amron says to get Nesta, which I was so excited about, because I think Nesta and Bryce, those were the two characters I was most excited about meeting.
1: They do have a lot of similarities.
0: They do. And they're, I think that they're the most misunderstood, maybe. Um, I'm kind of a Nesta fan, and so is Sarah. In her interviews about House of Flame and Shadow, she talked about connecting with Nesta, like on a mental health level.
1: Yeah, I'm better with Nesta now. I know Mm -hmm. we've argued, and I don't hate her now. I just hated her before.
0: Well, I'm so happy.
1: I'm making, I'm growing.
0: Rice is immediately on the defense for good reason. She doesn't know and she doesn't trust the Fey in her own world. So why would she trust these doppelgangers? Nesta is like, yeah, I already told you something is made on her. Like she kind of has an attitude. But then I I thought back to where things were left off in Silver Flames. And mm-hmm. Amryn and Nesta weren't on great terms throughout that entire book. Yeah. So for her to be called down there and... To have to be asked a question that she's already answered, I think she's just a little annoyed.
1: Yeah, I mean the timing. Yeah,
0: Nesta might not know it, but she's sensing that missing fourth item from the Dread Trove, and it's the one that she saw in that sexy asshole uh, Lanthus vision—the vision that he gave her—and she saw something that was. Um, they didn't say bone ivory.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm not surprised that she doesn't recognize it though. Even if I felt it was made, I wouldn't put it together that a tattoo could be something I'd seen that was made of age-worn bone.
0: Yeah, I understand that her not immediately putting it together. Yeah, well,
1: because it's not something separate either. You know, mm-hmm. you would expect to, I don't know, for Bryce to be holding something or yeah, having a pocket. Exactly. Nesta, being Nesta, is straightforward with Bryce, who's preparing to fight. She tells her, you'll lose, but she seems amused by the illegal alien. <laughs> <laughs> Bryce makes a great point. How am I supposed to tell you if it's made if you won't tell me what made means? But Amran shuts that down. It's
0: kind of like lost in translation. I don't. You're asking me if something is made, or what's what about me is made? I don't know. What I don't have a cauldron. Yeah, I don't come from anywhere that anything is made. We don't even like. She doesn't know the history of the horn that's on her back. Everybody know so that it's cauldron of, made. Like,
1: spilling secrets too. That they like won't. Give an inch.
0: It, it's like the Cold War. Yeah. they n- Neither side is willing to communicate because they don't want to lose like their edge.
1: It's not going to work if somebody doesn't start like taking a leap of faith. Like give a little mm-hmm. something. Exactly. How but, is that going to help? It's not going to hurt to tell me this.
0: Yeah. They, yeah. There just needs to be more communication. Before they leave, Bryce asks Az where the star sword is, and he says it's safe until she gives them a reason to return it, which would kind of piss me off. Yeah. That's my sword.
1: But I'm also being held in a dungeon, so I guess you're going to keep my weapons from me, but I'd be pissed.
0: I think an important distinction is looking at how the Asteri are treating their prisoners, Rune, Hunt, and Baxian, versus how Reese is treating Bryce, who is locked up, but she's still being fed. She's unharmed. It's, you know, it's not brutal. And Reese, of course, is being back to a consent king, and he's refusing to break into her mind, which...
1: Well, she hasn't done anything to attack them yet. If yeah. she did anything to show she wanted to harm them, I'm sure it would be very, very different. They might be dressed like a BDSM renaissance fair, but the, <laughs> I know. the night court leadership is far more progressive than the Asteri, despite how modern that world appears on the surface.
0: The food also gives Ren vibes.
1: (laughs) That's all they have is like crusty bread and cheese.
0: And Bryce wonders if the herbs... Herbs? Herbs.
1: Herbs.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Were introduced in Midgard by the Fae of Prithian, or if it's universal, or if the Asteri are like bringing herbs everywhere they go. (laughs) (laughs) Like
1: they're like, we have to keep the cinnamon.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, she has this whole like mental I wonder if this is what happened which is just so fucking dumb but it's the kind of dumb shit that I think about
1: well because it's either that or pan- panic about what's happening at home yeah
0: and I did kind of miss the food and the fashion descriptions <laughs> we never got that in Crescent City so we're back to hearing about what everyone's wearing and their crusty bread and their stews
1: <laughs> I mean like it's it's very sensory though like I need that information yeah
0: I I missed it
1: do the Asteri even eat anything other than First Light?
0: I don't know. Like, do the Asteri go to the bathroom? Do they sleep? Do they like, why need... would they
1: even care about, like, I don't know. herbs and seasonings?
0: I don't know. Like, do they need anything to keep their bodies alive? Or do they just consume First Light? Like, if you're Asteri, but you're inside the body of a nymph, do you need to take care of that body and your whatever soul or whatever yeah. the Asteri is?
1: Or is it like, do you need to eat food and then occasionally you power up with first light?
0: Yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's very unclear. After trying the door once and being met with a wall of black night that even her starlight can't penetrate, Bryce passes the time by throwing peas (laughs) into the grate and listening to the hisses. They're probably like, gross peas, stop. (laughs) Is that all you have up there? (laughs) I know,
0: exactly. I would be kind of, I mean, that's relatable.
1: I would be terrified of hearing them, but she's like, what you got down there?
0: I wonder if Bryce could use the horn to get through that block, the the wall of night. Like, is that what they're wanting? Are they trying to test her to see what she's capable of? Or is that just, it's literally just keeping her in?
1: I don't know, but she doesn't have anything to power her up either.
0: Well, she has a little bit of power because of the magic bean.
1: Yeah, but it's not enough to like power up the horn, I guess. Because yeah. that usually has been some kind of like burst of something. I feel like they're just doing it to be like, we could let you out, like kind of taunting her.
0: Like a flex, too. Like,
1: yeah, like if you'll give us a little. Like how
0: powerful we are. Yeah, well,
1: like if you'll give us a little, we'll give you a little. Mm-hmm. I don't know.
0: I guess she should just start over in Prithian and sleep her way, like nested is sleep her way through.
1: <laughs> too bad everybody's made it besides As. And really, but where is she going to run? No yeah, matter how she gets point. out, she's still stuck on another planet with no hunt to power her up, and there's no gate. Or at least not one that she's seen yet. She isn't where she is.
0: Yeah, and I think it's significant that she landed at Reese and Farah's um like McMansion.
1: But also she's looking for an army, so mm-hmm. she kind of has to be on good behavior to convince them to help.
0: Well, and the her star did guide her home, but I think that fate or erd or whatever the mother you want to call it, it took her to the inner circle, you know? Mm-hmm. It took her directly to Reese and Farah's doorstep. It didn't take her directly to the prison island where they're from right it took it which would have been a link you go. would expect
1: mm-hmm. and the mist that's protecting the river house sounds a lot like a valon mist
0: it does or
1: whatever it was that protected valeris while the rest of the world was burning
0: do you ever think about how messed up it is that reese seems to only care about like Valaris and he doesn't really give a fuck about the court of nightmares like they can't all be bad right
1: no and it's he, well, I mean, like, once Valeris is exposed, I hope that he does more to help those in the hewn city, because, like, I mm-hmm. know he was trying to protect by keeping that facade, but, like, once that all kind of crumbles, I hope she, he does more for them.
0: Yeah, I mean, he seems to care about Illyrian women and children, and he does what he can there, but I haven't seen any effort in the hewn city. Like, there are moors still living there. Yeah. But it doesn't seem like... Like yeah. anything's being done to help them. Well, and
1: again, once Valeris is no longer a secret, there's no reason for you to keep this facade up for them. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I wonder how it... I need I need a new book for them to know how things have changed. And I
0: do think... I mean, that's the next book is, is Akatar.
1: Yeah, I just I hope they'll discuss more about it. Mm-hmm. Before we can find out how Bryce is going to escape with no plan, just vibes, we're back in the meat market with Ethan, Flynn, Deck and his boyfriend, Mark, who are trying to get Siggy out before Sabine can find and kill her.
0: The plan is to get out of the meat market and make a run for the Comedian, not for Celestina's help, because fuck that bitch, but for Isaiah's help.
1: That's all they've got left.
0: That's all they have. Even though they just reminded us how great Shifter's sense of smell is, the b cadre picks <laughs> the exit door Sabine is literally standing on the other side of.
1: Back in the Asteri dungeons, I mean, like, why not? Just, like, let's skip around. Everybody's in a panic and just skip to the next <laughs> one. Hunt is straight up not having a good time for a reason we've already... He is not. Having <laughs> i a just good like time. laughing. Like, yeah, it's not good for reasons we've already talked about. He's got no mate, no wings. He's been tortured. He's got a slave brand and a halo tattoo.
0: Which we were right about being worse because Rygelus put it there. We had some wild theories about Hunt being possessed or controlled, but so far Hunt has only noticed that it seems heavier and oiler, oil, oiler, oilier, oiler. <laughs> Why can't I
1: say that? I don't know. But also, if Rigel's could put this there all along, why did a hag need to do it before? It's just weird. I don't know. I don't know what the difference is. But unlike Shahar, Bryce is alive. His sacrifice wasn't totally for nothing.
0: We need to have like WWHD bracelets. What would Hunt do? Nothing. No. Do you believe that?
1: Yeah. Hunt was running from this. He was there because he had to be, which is... I understand why he's upset, but eventually, like, if you're going in, you're going to have to make a choice, like, we're doing this. Yeah. He holds Bryce's face in his mind as he endures tor- torture. Torture. <laughs> that was really weird. Torture. Thinking at least she's in hell getting help.
0: Hunt, I have terrible news. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to imagine the way Hunt uses Bryce to grind, grind himself.
1: <laughs> you know what? Everybody does what they can, Kate. <laughs>
0: The way that Hunt uses Bryce to ground himself is something that the Hellhound is using Danica's memory to ground himself. Gosh, how
1: awful, though, because she's actually gone.
0: And I'm just going to say it. Hunt does deserve an I told you moment. He fucking told them getting involved with the rebels was a bad idea. He fucking told them don't trust Celestina. Yes, someone needed to do something about the Asteri, but they got played every step of the way because this group has never thought shit through. There, There's it's always just been no plans, just vibes. Yep. And now Hunt is right back in the dungeons despite his warnings to everyone. It's it's really unfair.
1: I get, so I see both sides because something has to be done about the hysteria. It's mm-hmm. not okay. But also to just assume that you can't beat them also doesn't feel okay. And yeah. I understand why he's afraid. But it's not fair. Just because you're willing to die trying, it's not fair to ask that of me. To make, and, like, I'm not okay with it. But like, why do I have to like be ready to give my life? Like I want so much more. I don't know. It's like, it's just a hard battle. So I understand his side, but I also understand why Bryce is like, we can't just stop.
0: Well, and Bryce kind of discounted his trauma and PTSD throughout both books. Yeah. And now, I mean, I hope that it gets better in this one, but
1: I think it's interesting. Like these big characters that Sarah has written, especially like Reese and Rowan and Fenris and like all these men that have been in wars and battles and been mm-hmm. tortured. None of them ever back down. They're always like, okay, but we're going to keep going. And Hunt's the first one that's like, no, I don't want to do that again.
0: Yeah. It makes him more relatable. Honestly, yeah.
1: it's interesting that she chose to write him from that perspective mm-hmm. because we just had these expectations that the men are going to sacrifice no matter what, because that's how she's written the other, other big characters.
0: Yeah. And, and it makes me like Hunt more.
1: It's a lot. You're asking me to sacrifice everything, and I shouldn't have to.
0: Well, he went through so much, and it, it's heartbreaking that he's he's exactly where he started.
1: Yeah, this is what he was afraid of, and here we are. Yeah, and now I don't know if my mate's safe. Thank God they don't have children yet. Like it's it is terrifying. But
0: thank God she's in hell getting help.
1: <laughs> right, <laughs> hold your breath. Rune starts to tell a joke. Two angels and a fey prince walk into a dungeon and they all get the giggles. Even when the hawk, the final member of Sandriel's triari, starts threatening to cut out their tongues.
0: We had some wild hawk theories that are just not not true. <laughs> <laughs> Who did we try to connect him with?
1: Probably I think Rowan. Because no. Rowan? No. No, because Rowan was a hawk.
0: Yeah. Well, he was was he a hawk? Yeah. Or was he something else? He was another bird.
1: Yeah, I think hawk? he was a hawk. Okay. Now I'm like, wait. Yeah, I think so.
0: But yeah, we we definitely thought the hawk was going to be someone that we had seen maybe in another series. But no, it's just another asshole.
1: Yeah, lucky us.
0: (laughs) Hunt notices shadows behind Pollux, but he brushes them off as a hallucination. Because it couldn't be Rune. He's cut off from his shadows because of the Gorsians' shackles. So who else could it be?
1: And Hunt thinks the shadows look different. Darker and older and... Are they crooking a finger at him?
0: Are the shadows trying to fuck?
1: <laughs> <laughs> am I hallucinating what's happening?
0: And you you know the answer to this because you're further along in the book than I am. My first thought was Cormac. Then, you know, I, I was like, maybe Cormac's alive. Then I thought of Vic. Remember her? Mm-hmm. And then Reese or As, But that doesn't, the timeline wouldn't make sense for it being Reese or As. So I started mentally going through our shadow daddy list. And I came up short. The only other one that I could think of that's been keeping a tab on Hunt is apollyon. But I don't remember him having shadow powers unless it's just another hint that shadow powers in Prithian come from the princes of Hell. Like that's a connection. And, you know, because, like the leathery wings. Mm-hmm. and i don't I don't know i don't I don't know where I'm going with any, with any of this other than if it is apollyon. I don't remember there being shadows before.
1: well, I mean, Apollyon's the Prince of the Pit, so he's literally like the Prince of Darkness. Mm-hmm. So I guess that means he has shadow powers because it's darkness. It's mm-hmm. just, I don't remember if it's ever really discussed. I don't either. So he is an option because the Princes of Hell do pop up to talk to them and spy on them at random.
0: Well, I mean, is it sad that I already had a mental shadow daddy list? I was like, all right, let's just go through the shadow daddies. <laughs>
1: Who could we use here? It'd be great if it was or Reese, but... yeah. They haven't figured out how to get back over yet. Mm-hmm. Unlike Hunt and Baxian, Rune doesn't have a mate to ground him through the pain. I mean, she is or trying, grinds him through. The she pain. <laughs> is trying to talk to him mentally, but he mm-hmm. no, she's dead to him. Well, you know, there's no mate he'll acknowledge anyway.
0: Yeah, but like when he was knocked out by the Reapers, Rune's unconscious mind reaches out for Lydia whose concern for him is met with disgust.
1: Gosh, the men in this series are little bitches sometimes.
0: If being a bitch is genetic, he's from Adian's line. (laughs) (laughs) We just found the connection of who they're connected to. It's just
1: so similar. In addition to the pain, Rune is reeling over Cormac's death because they did just find out he died.
0: Well, I thought the Asteri had told everyone that Cormac died in the throne room, but maybe I'm wrong.
1: I think um, they were already in... um, in the prison. In the, okay. Yeah, they were or they were down in the dungeons. They weren't a part of that conversation. Or he kings. heard it,
0: but there was already so much going on, he didn't process it. Maybe or he thought that they were just kind of fucking with him.
1: Yeah. No, I don't I really I think when they were in the like chap the prologue talking to Lydia, it's just the kings that are being questioned by the hysteria. I don't think that our prisoners are in there at all. Okay. So I think that they were like totally out of the loop. And Rune is somehow disappointed in his father. I guess some part of him held on to the possibility that there was a redemption arc. You
0: and I both, Rune. We, I mean, we <laughs> Sorry, all have Kate. daddy issues, but everyone in the Massverse has daddy issues. Like, who has a good dad in the Massverse?
1: Right. That's, that's her stepdad. That's he not the stepdad.
0: That's the dad <laughs> who stepped
1: up. Right, right.
0: But also, um, Declan, is he has a really good family because he's the only one that has concerns about blowback for yeah. his family. Everyone else is like, yeah. eh, who cares? Right? He's like, "Um, I do.
1: <laughs> now that he can't shut her out, Lydia once again tries to explain herself why she's done the things she has, why she'll keep doing them.
0: But before she can tell him something obviously extremely important, he rolls off his mental raft into the sea of pain like a little fucking bitch. You know what?
1: Fine. Go through that pain then. I don't feel bad for you. Well,
0: it, it gave me the ick picturing him just rolling off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Peace out. I'm over it. I, under- I mean, I understand Rune to some degree. He's being held in a dungeon and tortured. Yeah. But I mean, how can you not put it together? There's something bigger going on here. Also, you knew she was... Like a spy. That's the whole point. And you're just giving up. Like you're not done yet. Well, She's not down there with you. It's not over. Like why are you just giving up?
0: This is the male who went an entire book not knowing he was hanging out with the new witch queen. And then he spent the entire next book not knowing his spy fling was the hind. Like Rune is not known for details. No,
1: he's but not he, good at paying attention. But
0: he is known for being compassionate and kind. He's a male. His father was unable to turn into a monster. He's someone who is fiercely loyal and he's protective of his sister and his found family. So it does seem a little out of character. Like he's being, I know he's always been immature, but he's being a little more
1: well, immature. Well, feelings are hurt now. I don't, even though ever, I don't know if he's ever been in love though. So maybe that's why it got him and he wasn't ready that's for true. it. It's not that it's okay. Yeah. But he's already immature. And then she really got under his skin.
0: Well, and she told him all of her fears of, having to act like a monster and being turned into a monster. And he was so understanding and until he actually saw her. And
1: I mean, and to be fair, she was a monster for a while mm-hmm. until she changed her tune. So she's not perfect. And Rune in any other world, you wouldn't be perfect either. You've just been sheltered.
0: He, Rune is very, you're sheltered. not doing real
1: work. I mean, like, yeah, I guess you're in the ox, like stopping occasional thieves or something, but yeah. You're not doing what she's having to do. And it's not okay what she's had to do. Mm -hmm. But the fact that she's tried to change her tune, who are you to sit as like judge and jury? Exactly. I get, I just, yeah. All that time on the mind bridge, all the time chatting, he's sharing, she's sharing her hopes and fears with you and you can't even hear her out. Mm -hmm. Who do you think you are?
0: I'd I'd have questions. Like even if I I were still mad at her, I would want that line of communication open. Like we talked about for like strategy of us getting out of here or updates on Bryce or updates about I
1: think we're just more emotionally mature though because like Mm -hmm. if something pisses me off I'm pissed but I don't shut down I'm gonna start asking you questions right then because I'm pissed oh yeah
0: we have things to say I gotta
1: know right now and (laughs) he's more like nope and like just puts a wall down he just
0: barrel rolls off yeah
1: like it's just I don't have the energy for you Rune Mm -hmm. you're lucky if I try to save you yeah
0: Lydia breaks my heart and Hunt breaks my heart. And I think that my biggest hope for this book, other than a reverse harem, <laughs> is a happy ending for those two characters. But now that I think about it, some of my biggest questions are, where is Fury? Where I don't care where Juniper is, but like, where's Fury and Juniper? Are they still in hiding because she somehow thought that the Asteri were going to go after Juniper? And where's uh, Syrinx?
1: Uh, uh, I think he's with Fury and Juniper. Like, I okay. think that... Price handed him off to them a while ago.
0: And does Ember know that anything has happened? Ember and Randall.
1: Um, I don't know because uh, uh, the Asteria are not letting anything out. Mm-hmm. So it all depends if the Autumn King cared to communicate. But we know he's an asshole.
0: Like we're somehow checking in with too many characters, but then not enough
1: characters. Well, we brought up a lot of big questions mm-hmm. as we were discussing Book Two, and there's a lot we want answered, but there's a lot going on as well. So mm-hmm. like. I'm hoping our big questions get answered and then we can start to get more info, you know, about the other things. And I also really hope that Throne of Glass is brought in somehow. I do, too. We've got Akatar. I want the rest of it. Mm -hmm. We're going to pick back up next week with chapters 5 to 10.
0: If you're ahead of us in reading, which is totally understandable, I hope you'll still join us on this journey. We've been waiting for this book for so long and knowing SJM, it'll be another two years before we get another one. Oof. So even if you woke up at 4 a.m. to read and you finished at 11 p.m. and I'm that's to Julia. On uh, We talk on Instagram a lot. That's what <laughs> she did. She like read it in a day.
1: That's impressive. I know,
0: but it'll still be nice to go back through it with us.
1: Yeah, let's poke at some details.
0: Yeah, and share your spoiler-free reactions, thoughts, book recs, whatever, with us on Instagram. It's at DTFay podcast at DTFA podcast
1: thank y'all so much for listening and we'll see you next week
0: or a chapter with the first word ethan ethan right <laughs>